Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Welcome everyone to episode 84 of the Retire With Confidence podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Jim. And Jim, you're wearing the same shirt as episode 83. It's one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So today is going to be the U.S. election, various outcomes and market fallout or market market results. Yeah. I think this will be really interesting because I'm sure you're the same, but I hear one one comment made more than any other time is during election time, people talk about, I got to wait until the election's over before I invest, right? They're always anxious, they're always nervous about what's next during an election year. So this is, could be helpful to go through and, and see what uh, reality is. And there's also people that are invested that are horrified if their person loses. Very true. So they talk about, you know, raising cash yeah. in advance, right? Yep. If so-and-so gets in, they're going to destroy it. we got to be ready. What's interesting is that I don't remember people having that type of fear up until um, 2016. I don't remember it in yeah. 08. Maybe like a lot of things, uh, social media drives yeah. a lot more opinion than it used to. <laughs> Recency bias, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm sure that in 2008, there was tremendous anxiety as well. But anyway, uh, in 2016, what I remember is that people were deathly afraid of Trump winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about um, market pundits and investment managers, right. d- retail clients. You know, everyone thought if Trump wins, it's going to go down. Right. And we had some people who made some, some selling in advance. Mm-hmm. And everyone was wrong. In fact, I remember uh, on the election night when they started bring in the results like maybe around 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. When Trump started getting some electoral votes, right. the market started tanking, mm-hmm. the futures market. Big time. And I thought, oh boy, here we go, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I fell asleep on the couch, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? That happens on election night sometimes. <laughs> and I woke up at like 2 or 3 a.m. and it, it showed that Trump secured the nomination and the market was rebounding. And I thought, this is strange because mm-hmm. the Dow had gone down like 700 or 1,000 points. Yeah, it was over 1,000, I think, yeah. Between, uh, you know, normal market close and like 2, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. But then he came out at 2 a.m. and gave a speech. And he was very presidential. Yep. And people, I, this is just my take, that p- people were saying, wow, he's not going to, you know, push the button. You know? Yeah, maybe he's and not the wild guy yeah, we thought he Maybe was, it's yeah. not going to be so bad. Right. And, uh, you know, it kind of never looked back. Right. right. So everyone was fearful of this one outcome and the opposite happened, right? The market responded positively. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of that? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I think it just shows you that it's, <clears throat> you, it, it's so hard to, to time a market, to predict a market, to know what's going to happen. I think one of the biggest things that comes out of that is businesses figured out. Businesses mm-hmm. are run by really smart people. Um, they just need to know the rules. Once they know the rules, they can adapt and they make the changes necessary for their business to succeed. And on that point, in 2010, when Obamacare was passed, mm-hmm. right, you really wouldn't expect insurance companies to uh, 
do well. Right. I didn't. I didn't think they would. No, there was a lot of fear. Yeah. Because of all the new regulation, but it turns out between 2010 and I think maybe 2016. Don't hold me to this stat, mm -hmm. but in this several-year window, mm -hmm. the health insurance sector was the best performing sector in the market. Yeah. Just so you kind of have this negative expectation, and then they're the best. Literally yeah, the reality. One. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Uh, yeah, you know, in my notes, I do, I do show that in 2008 that we had a lot of fear in that election as well. So I don't know why I said that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Recency yeah. bias. Yeah. Oh, and, um, and yes, people like those health insurance companies, they played mm -hmm. by the new rules and right. they executed flawlessly. Right. Right. So whatever the sector is, whatever company you're looking at, they're going to find a way to to succeed. Right. It doesn't mean that, uh, uh, you know, a new administration coming in doesn't create challenges or problems for them. But I think the thing that we need to look past is that they can figure that out and they can they can make the adjustments necessary to to still be successful in, a, in those environments. So Vegas right now says that there's a 60% odd, the odds are 60% that Biden wins. Mm -hmm. Okay. The market Three months before the election, mm -hmm. right? If the market's up for the three months, yeah, then the incumbent wins. Twenty out of twenty-three elections. That's, right. That's compelling. That's pretty good stats. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if the market's down in those three months, then the uh, incumbent will lose. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other thing that's interesting is recession years, right? Mm -hmm. I always thought to myself, you know, Jimmy Carter had a recession. George Bush Sr. had a recession, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they're gone. I mean, we have a recession this year, mm -hmm. right, which is not good for, for Trump. For the incumbent, yeah. Yeah, for the incumbent. But it looks like the recession is ending, there, you know, right now. Right. Right. We had minus 30-some percent GDP mm -hmm. for the second quarter, and now for the third quarter, it's looking like plus 20-plus. Right. 20% or more. Right. So that would signal that the recession is over. Yeah. But we still have a 10% unemployment rate. Right. Yeah, there's still, no doubt the, the pandemic has caused a lot of challenges still that are yet to be resolved. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that stat pans out again and what, the, you know. So for people that are afraid of a Biden victory, mm -hmm. right, what are they afraid of? Taxes. Taxes, yeah. New regulations. People right. that are afraid of Trump, right? Well, ongoing China. Cold, mm -hmm. like a new Cold War with China, right? right? That rhetoric is getting bad. Right. And they don't like his tweets, right? <laughs> Among other things, yeah. Right. right. They don't like his tweets, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, we read also about a blue wave. So if the Democrats take over the Congress, the Senate, and the White House, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so we have various scenarios, right? The blue wave, the Biden wins, Republicans control the Senate, you know, there's a various matrix, various mm -hmm. outcomes, but what seems to be the best way to go? Yeah, and I think that people, yeah, and people, no matter what scenario that is, people want to take money out, they want to put money in, they want to sit on the sidelines, right? Uh, American Funds actually did a really interesting piece that analyzed the last uh, 22 election years to see what was the best strategy, right? Do I just leave it invested? Do I just keep putting money in or do I just pull money out and just sit it out on the sideline. Uh, so basically they said out of the last 22 elections, 19 of those times, people were better off 
staying put or continuing to add money. So uh, only three times did actually taking money out, putting it on the sidelines, did you come ahead uh, return-wise. Interesting, that's kind of like the uh, pandemic, coronavirus fallout. Right. right, yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing they said was, um, you know, people that do this though, right, money market assets pile up in, in election years. It's three times higher in election years. People being afraid, taking money, putting it into cash and sitting on the sidelines three times higher in election years. Um, but again, history will show you that that's a mistake. Um, it says 20, uh, only two negative return years out of the last 20 election years. So, and those two years were highlighted as 2000 and 2008, which I think <laughs> could probably not necessarily be attributed to the election. Would you agree? I would say that they're <laughs> attributed to the recessions of yeah. those years. Yeah, absolutely. Or asset pricing, right? Bubbles in the market, something like that. So history will show you that just staying calm, writing it out and letting the market figure it out is, is your best option. Yeah. You know, and speaking of selling when the, maybe the market's down or selling ahead of the expected event, we only had a couple of people take money out of the market mm -hmm. during the March pandemic right. panic time. And I was really proud of our people. You know, we, yeah, we had a lot of calls, mm -hmm. okay? But only a couple of people t took action and no one pulled the plug and just cashed out. Right. The people that took action, they made a decision on the margin to raise some cash, mm -hmm. you know, out of, out of fear, right. right? And it's a very powerful emotion, mm -hmm. right? And it's the same kind of emotion here when we're thinking about the election. Yeah, okay? absolutely. But the people that stuck it out were they were They're happy rewarded they for it, yeah. They were for rewarded, sure. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what else do we have on the, uh, on the election side? Um, one of the other things I thought that was really interesting is they talked about um, market volatility, and some people may be saying, well, the market's all over the place during the election. Uh, historically, it shows you that it's during the primary season that that is uh, when the market is volatile. Once the nominations are made, the volatility starts to subside. Uh, but they said on average, um, the market is up over 10% over the 12 months following uh, the primaries. Interesting. Yeah, I think that was worth noting. So I think that is pretty clear of a message, right? Yeah, and it, and it just references to that it's, people always think, well, this time is different, right? <laughs> yeah, Every time, yeah. oh, there's more volatility this time, or the presidential choices are crazy, or whatever your, your thought is, right? It doesn't necessarily mean this time is different, right? This volatility is normal, we see it in election uh, cycles and again, staying the course is the best, uh, proving to be the best scenario. But isn't this time different? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so it's not advice, not general investment advice, but I think it's pretty good uh, evidence. Yeah, I think it's just worthwhile looking back over history and seeing what history shows us about elections. And, you know, and I, and I, get, I realize that, you know, the, the political and the economic challenges we're facing now, right, they seem unprecedented. But if you look back over past election cycles, they're all filled with uncertainty. They're all filled with, you know, fear of the unknown, right? Um, but I think a lot of the research will show you again that staying the course and, and um, continuing to, to go with the strategy is, is the best way to move forward. Thank you, Jim. So that will do it with our election podcast. We hope that you stick around for the next one. 
You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast, sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood1.